Hi friends, jumping on before the start of the episode to ask for your help. Since I started this podcast four years ago, I have been dreaming of a place for us to gather, a place where we can practice some of the things that are shared here on the podcast, a place where you and I can meet gaze to gaze, heart to heart, and a place where we can share our experiences of enriching our lives through the wisdom of the body and expanding our pleasure through the wonder of the senses. I would love to hear your voice and your vision in writing this next chapter of Come to Your Senses. Go to schoolofsensualliving.com slash survey to contribute your ideas, give your feedback on which topics you burn with the most passion to hear about, and let's create a beautiful sanctuary together. Schoolofsensualliving.com slash survey. I will see you there. Hello, and welcome to the Come to Your Senses podcast. I'm your host, embodiment-based coach, Mary Lofgren. Here, we explore how to live bravely and beautifully through a lifestyle of embodiment. You'll hear gems to empower you around mindset, mindfulness, somatic psychology, and neuroscience, as well as beauty, food, style, and the art of slow living to meet your soul through the senses. I am so happy that you're here. Let's begin. Hello, beautiful friends, and welcome to Come to Your Senses. Today, we are diving into how to create more richness, more deliciousness, more crunch and crackle to your everyday with the art of making your days meaningful. When I coach with clients, one of the biggest reasons that they feel drawn to embodiment is because life feels dull and automatic and lackluster. And it's not that there aren't beautiful moments, but there is a wall between the person and being able to feel in their body the magic that we all know is there, but sometimes feels like it's hiding behind a veil. And meaning brings things alive. Meaning reveals the miracles in the mundane. Meaning strips away the meaningless and leaves behind and reveals the core of beauty that resides in all things. And recently I was listening to someone speak about money and debt and trigger warning. I'm going to mention 9-11. They said, you know, when the Twin Towers were hit, those people weren't calling their debt collectors or their financial advisors. They were calling their family and their loved ones. And that really impacted me to hear that of creating our lives to orbit around that which is most meaningful to us. And so that's what I wanted to create an episode for you about today. And I do want to share before we dive in something that has been so meaningful for me recently, which is something called the Monday ground. 
One of the things that I know is unique about the way that I coach is that our coaching experience isn't just limited to seeing each other once a week or once every other week, and then we fall out of touch. There's really regular points of contact. And I want to hear from you in between our sessions. And I want to track what it is that you're up to and what it is that you're challenged by. And one of the ways that we stay in touch is this 30 minute gathering on Mondays, where we begin the week with movement and intention and with inviting the intelligence of your body into how you plan and how you create and how you prioritize your week. And we share many goals and we track those goals throughout the week and we check in with each other. And those goals might be more formal, like I'm going to complete this project, or they might be a little less formal. Like for me this week was uh, my goal was to get kissed, which I succeeded in. (laughs) And it's such a beautiful way to scatter seeds together and to watch each other grow and bloom and support one another. And that is just bringing so much meaning to my life recently because I was speaking with a friend about this project he's working on and he's like, I can't do it. I get to this point and then I just put it aside and... I just don't think this is in the cards for me, this thing that he really, really wants. And I encouraged him to make one simple shift, which is the shift of his language, that instead of saying, I can't do this, or I'm not meant to do this, trying on, when I get to a certain point with this, I become overwhelmed and I need help. And I believe that in the creation of our goals and our dreams and our creative potential, the roadblocks that we meet aren't because we're inadequate or incapable. It's because we're not meant to do these things alone. We are always in co-creation. And so I share this with you because this is a gem from my own life that has brought a lot of meaning and a lot of connection. And also because I'm currently on a wait list for new coaching clients, but I will have space opening in the fall. And so if you are interested in having a way to streamline your life and make your actions more impactful and more satisfying, because they're not coming from the frenetic mind, they're coming from the deep knowing in the body, you can head to embodiedintelligencecoaching.com. There's a link below this episode to learn more about the details of my signature coaching experience. This is my only offering currently because it is the one thing that I know that works and that brings meaning and satisfaction to me and to my clients because it is intimate, it is hands-on, it is one-on-one. So head to embodiedintelligencecoaching.com. I would be delighted to hear from you. So let's dive into our gems on the art of making your days meaningful. I always love to start with 
the definition or the etymology of the topic that we're exploring as kind of the origin point of this discovery. And I was really moved to discover that the word meaning or mean essentially means to intend, to intend something. And Tara Brock, I once heard her on her podcast, quote the Buddha in saying, all of your life arises from the tip of your intention. And I love to be intentional. I pride myself on being intentional, but sometimes being intentional can be freaking exhausting. You know, sometimes trying to bring intention to everything makes things feel really loaded. And what I want to share with you today is the truth of that and also ways that you can make meaning feel less effortful. Because listen, could I tell you to go out and buy some fancy stationery and write love letters to all your friends to make your life more meaningful? Sure. But you don't need another thing to add to your to-do list. Adding meaning to your life often involves stripping things away to just be. So that's where we're going to begin, is by defining what is meaningful to you. And so I'll give you an example from my own life. I remember a couple of years ago, I was a part of a yoga teacher training, becoming a registered yoga teacher. And there are a lot of intentional, mindful, connecting exercises that were happening in the workshop. And I remember feeling such meaning shame, (laughs) if there is such a thing, because here were these people who were eye-gazing and opening their hearts and chanting and having an experience where I'm like, what is wrong with me? Why, why do I have an aversion to this? Like this just is so not my jam. And I want to be having the ecstatic experience that this person looks like they're having. Maybe I'm just not enlightened enough, or maybe I'm just not this enough or not that enough. You know, that natural tendency that human beings have to see someone else having an experience that you're not having and assume that you're the problem. And so that's one example of where I felt like I should be experiencing meaning and yet I just wasn't. And then I also remember a time where my burlesque mentor, Joe Weldon, who this weekend actually is celebrating her 60th birthday. Happy birthday, Joe. So grateful for you and the medicine that you bring to the world. And she was launching her book called Fierce, A History of Leopard Print. It's a book about the subversive, rebellious, sexual nature of animal print in fashion and the way that that was attached to a woman's sensuality and sexuality. And so I flew up to New York City. I purchased on Etsy an adorable leopard print fascinator, which is like a teeny weeny hat. I donned one of my old pinup dresses from my pinup girl days. And I went to the event with a really good friend who's also a lover of style. There was burlesque performances I mean, burlesque performances that I still remember to this day and still 
make me laugh out loud and swoon. And a quote that I heard once is that our lives are simply a string of present moments. And our memories are our wealth. And so that was an example of an experience that was loaded and layered with meaning for me. Because beauty and relationships and evocative art and women who challenge age and beauty standards and gender norms, these give my life life. These things are like oxygen to me. And so that's really good to know that those are part of my meaning code. And so the question I would have for you is call to mind some of your most cherished memories. And what is it that makes those memories so special and so fulfilling? Was it the people you were with, the land you were on, the activities you were doing, the clothes you were wearing, the service you were giving? What are the fibers that make up the brushstroke that is your personal sense of meaning? Gem number two is a bit of a continuation of gem number one because it is also useful to know your gifts and your values when delivering meaningful experiences. This week, I have a friend who's a new mom and she had three nights of very little sleep and there were a number of other things going on in her life. And as someone who has not experienced new motherhood, sometimes I'm not sure how to hold space for her, how to validate her, how to help her. But what I do know how to do is be a fairy godmother of beauty and pleasure and rest. And so I received a text from her. I said, how was sleep last night? And not good. And so I said, listen, can I come over at 530 and draw you a bath and read you poetry in the bathtub and then give you a long facial massage and scalp massage? This would bring me so much pleasure. Please say yes. And I knew that I needed to add that flourish of this is for me, because in a way it was for me. It is a gift and a delight to be able to support my friend in a way that I know I can really deliver. And so she said, how could I say no? And I went over there and her husband was cooking dinner at the time. And I went into the bathroom and I collected all the bath toys and I said, we're just going to erase all signs that you ever even had children. (laughs) And I read her Mark Nepo in the tub and I gave her some quiet time and then I massaged her face and scalp with argon oil while her little one was eating dinner. And it is a memory that I will have imprinted into my body, my cells, and my mind for eternity. When I first moved to Asheville, which is where I live, several years ago, I didn't know a soul. I knew some friends of friends lived here and had some introductions, but I spent a lot of time alone and I worked from home. And so I'd spend the whole day working and 
than just being at home. And I remember I used to go to the grocery store at like one in the morning, the 24 hour grocery store, because I'd be so stir crazy. And I just wanted to see people and I'd be like, oh, I'm out of scotch tape. I need to go get scotch tape. And I remember hearing the Beyonce song, I Was Here, and thinking, God, what is happening to my life? Like the lyrics are, I lived, I loved, not, I drove to Harris Teeter at one in the morning and bought scotch tape. And my life felt really devoid of meaning. And service was a way that I created friendships and nurtured friendships. Oh, you're moving? Let me come over and help you pack boxes. You know, those are your real friends. That's when you know who your real friends are. How do they behave when you tell them you're moving and you need help? And so that can be a wonderful way to bring more meaning into your life is to give service that brings you pleasure. Our next gem is one that helps create meaning more on the inner than the outer, which is really, I believe, the source of all meaning which is vulnerability. So in an image-obsessed world, the default is performance. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. That's kind of how we're wired, is to show certain aspects of ourselves that we feel more safe displaying, and the more tender aspects of ourselves, we reserve those for our inner circle. It's just what we do as human beings. But sometimes that can make life feel meaningless when you go to a party and you're just being pelted with small talk and you're bored out of your brain and you just want to crawl out of your skin. Or is that just me? And so a technique or a method that I use in those moments is when I'm in a social situation where maybe I don't feel totally comfortable allowing all of my nerve endings to hang heavy and be real is I will literally allow my heart to lead. So just last night I was at a party and I noticed some of this performance energy coming on board and, you know, the veil of, we'll call it the preface. You know, you don't deliver the whole book in the preface, you just deliver this little kernel of what the book is going to be about. And I actually very rarely read the preface, to be honest with you, or the introduction. I'm like, just get me into the meat and potatoes of the experience. But, you know, in a new social environment, you're just preface after preface, you know what I mean? And so as I moved through the space, I allowed my heart to physically lead me around. Okay, heart where would you have me go next? And then when I would meet new people, I would practice allowing the part of myself that wants to leap out to drop a little deeper in and to just notice, you know, there is a tendency with things like this, with ways of wanting to be more dropped in to want to do it perfectly But what I always say is that if you're aware of what you're doing, you're doing it right. Because awareness has this magical quality of automatically shifting our behavior without us needing to effort. And so rather than really focusing on the technique, it can be helpful to just focus on having 
consistent awareness. Oh, I just did it again. I just went up into my head. You cute little nervous system, you. And just starting there. And then you can layer into that by inviting your heart to contribute to the conversation. So a person asked me how I was doing and the impulse, you know, the autopilot response is, I'm good. I'm good. You know, busy, (laughs) the canned response. But if I answer that more from my heart, first of all, good isn't a feeling. And so I might say, I am so happy to be here, which was the absolute truth. And then the next question after that is what's new. And there's a lot new in my life that I could share from my head. But when I felt into my heart at that moment, the most new thing is that I'm adjusting to life without Winnie. My dog, Winnie, died a couple of weeks ago. She was nine. And so by sharing that part of myself, which usually gets stacked behind all the other things in what's new that like to soldier out at the front of the line, it created a moment of intimacy and connection and realness that was still the preface, but it was a preface that made me want to keep reading. And then the final gem is more of the fancy stationary variety, and that is to do something with your hands. And for me, that means literally anything that doesn't include my phone. <laughs> I stare at screens all day when I'm coaching clients, when I'm working and communicating with clients in between and all of that kind of stuff. And so something that I do that brings me so much joy and pleasure is I make my own cleaning products. I actually have a episode on the art of fragrance. We will drop that in the show notes. And I love to make these carpet fresheners that are just baking soda and a few drops of essential oils. If it takes more than 90 seconds, I'm out. But making my own glass cleaner and making my own carpet refresher is something that is so satisfying and brings so much joy to my life. Arranging flowers, creating art, journaling. We've got an episode coming up on the art of journaling. These are all things that shift my experience of life from consuming to creating and receiving. And so my loves, those are our gems for today. As always, if what you heard here today uplifted you, resonated with you, helped open your mind and your heart to new ways of being and moving throughout the world. This is just the tip of the iceberg of what is possible when you open yourself to the world of your own embodied intelligence by coming to your senses. So if you are interested in a more intimate, more hands-on experience of coming to your senses, head to embodiedintelligencecoaching.com. And thank you so much for listening. I will see you in the next episode. For coaching, classes, and community in creating a lifestyle of embodiment, head to schoolofsensualliving.com. There you'll find a free video series on how to reduce anxiety and intercept the stress response 
through powerful, confident body language. Head to schoolofsensualliving.com slash confidence to watch your first video today.